Welcome to the Recruiting Guy podcast. I'm Richard Davenport, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, hohogsports.com. Excited about uh, this week's uh, podcast. If you're interested in recruiting, you're always interested behind the person that's involved in recruiting and reached out to Michael Musman, who's the director of recruiting for the University of Arkansas basketball program, and asked him if he would come on and, and thought we would uh, do something a little different and get a little bit of a background on him and obviously talk about his job. But let's learn a little bit about Michael Musselman. And first off, we got to welcome Michael Musselman to the podcast. Thanks so much, Michael. Thanks for having me on. All right. Let's, let's just go uh, back to your uh, college days. You got your uh, bachelor's degree in communications, minor in business administration at San Diego in 2018. Got your master's in educational leadership from Nevada in 2019. What was going into your mind when you were going into college? And did you in the back of your mind, know that you wanted to go in basketball because you come from a basketball family or, or did you have something else in mind and got into basketball without thinking you, you were going to get into basketball? Yeah, you know, it was kind of interesting just being around it my whole life from, you know, the time I was born, having a ball in my hands. It was kind of always in the back of my mind. And as I kind of progressed through school, you know, I started working with the team a little bit when I was at University of San Diego. And then kind of as I transitioned, you know, out of San Diego, and I knew I wanted to stick with doing something within basketball, probably in the on the college side, I uh, decided I was going to go be a graduate assistant. Coach Muss, my dad was, you know, nice enough to offer me a position to kind of help me get my foot in the door. And so I went to Nevada, and as a graduate assistant, got my master's. And that was kind of my first real, you know, real job experience, even though I was going to school. As a lot of people know, as a graduate assistant, you're still working normal hours in the office with the staff, but you get to do a lot of player development with the guys. So that was really my first experience on the coaching side of things. When did you think that, okay, this is, this is what I want to do uh, for a career? Yeah. I mean, my first year as a graduate assistant was honestly kind of a trial run. I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do as a lot of kids coming out of out of college, you know, still not exactly sure where I wanted to take my career. And I kind of looked at it as a way, you know, hey, I'm going to get my feet wet, kind of see what this is all about, kind of get some firsthand experience. You know, I'd been in the office and been around players and been in locker rooms my whole life. But when you're working in the office, the hours are a lot different than, than what you're used to when you're kind of just hanging out with your family or with your teammates or whatever it may be. So I kind of got my feet wet as a GA. I, I really enjoyed it. And then I worked really well with the staff and we kind of transitioned into this next phase here at Arkansas and coach thought I could, could bring a little something to the program. And so he offered me the position here and you know I was lucky enough to to kind of spur it into to a few years here and have some success individually and as a staff obviously and it's worked out pretty well so far so I would say probably that probably that one graduate assistant year back in 2018 2019 was kind of my time to figure out that I thought this was something I'd, I'd want to try out for a while you guys in 2020 had the number five class in the nation now right now you have the number two class and you may not even be done uh, what, what's the favorite part of your job being able to celebrate on the phone with the kid and his family just knowing all the hard work that goes into building a relationship with a prospect and his family and getting them to trust you, uh, you know, you as a staff for the next phase and, and for a really important phase of their basketball and their professional life. They're becoming a man, so to speak, in college. So when someone when a family trusts you to do that as a staff, it means a lot. And just kind of knowing your hard work pays off. And then obviously the things like the wins, all that sort of thing, and just being able to spend time with the players, with the staff, 
we spend so much time together that we we really are a close knit family. We spend uh, you know during the season we spend more time with our players and our staff members than we do our actual family. So uh, that's probably by by far the best part of the job. When you guys got into town, the social media game of Arkansas basketball just exploded. Just went to a different level. What what goes all in and producing those and 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 the ideas? I mean, say a certain video that you put out on a on a Tuesday. When did that idea come? And when did the planning go into place? And how long did it take to say uh, on average uh, do a video that uh, is marketing the program? That's kind of all varies based on what it is. You know, there's some stuff that's spur of the moment where we're going to think of something in a staff meeting, we're going to go execute it, and then it's going to go out later that day. Everything's really calculated in terms of when we're going to post something. So although a lot of the stuff is goofy and it, and it kind of seems like it's just spur of the moment, a lot of the stuff is planned out. And we do really think about when we're going to post stuff. You know, you never want to post multiple things in a day. You never want to post things, you know, during, say, a NCAA tournament game or during the Super Bowl is a bad time to post stuff like that. It's little things that we think about, even things like when are you going to release your Halloween videos? When We got all this content built up for Halloween that that we've been working on the last month or so. And is that stuff going to go out on Halloween? We'll know because everyone's going to be out with their families trick-or-treating or at parties or what have you. So we kind of decided we're going to start to trickle that stuff out the days leading up. And then you got to kind of think about your game schedule as well. So all that stuff's really calculated in terms of the production of how long things take. It kind of just depends on what it is. You know, Must during the pandemic, we decided we were going to do a little a little bit where he kind of was down on the floor coaching some people, basically running a mock practice with no one down there. This was kind of when the pandemic had started, you know, and no one really knew exactly what was going on or what the future held for everything in terms of the sports world. And so that stuff was kind of spur of the moment. We kind of did one. It, it it went well. And then we did two more videos that kind of played on that little part. And so those things were kind of spur of the moment. We did it. You know, it took about five minutes to shoot the video. We have a we have a joke where Musk is just a one take wonder. Like all his videos are basically one take. We don't know how he does it, but we basically do one take on everything. And, and that's we kind of just roll with it. Wow. Uh, that's that, that was another question. You're thinking, OK, surely th- this one he may have to do a two takes on it, but he's strictly a one take guy. Strictly a one take guy. I mean, there's been times I'm not going to lie. I mean, we've we've done things two times, maybe three, but I would say 95 percent of the time he is going to do one take and and we're going to roll with it. And that's also kind of what makes it so awesome, you know, is there's going to be mistakes. I mean, it's it's a goofy video, most of them. So we kind of just do one take and roll with it and whatever happens, happens. Okay, the deer basketball, please come back. We need you bad. That's that's my favorite. You still have it pinned to your Twitter account. It was posted April the 9th, 2020, 275,000 views. Was that a first take uh, video or what? There was multiple scenes in that. So we had kind of had a little bit of a layout as we go. But some of the things that I, I think people don't really understand is that's really just like me, Mus, and a few other people, you know, Anthony Ruda, now Gus Arginal, now that he's on staff. But at the time, you know, it was just me, uh, Ruda, Pat Ackerman, Coach Mus, and we were kind of just going off the fly. We, you know, we had a camera person with us. Our social media team does a great job of kind of working on the fly now that they know how we operate. We'll kind of just call them over on a whim and say, hey, we got this video idea. Would you guys be you know, do you guys have time to shoot it? Do you think it'd be a good idea? And they shoot it, put it together, and that's kind of it. So that day, we just kind of decided we had a little bit of downtime in the off season. We had a good idea. 
And we kind of just went over there and we just kind of talked about it and let Musk go off the cuff. And it turned out really well. That it did. And I think I've told you, I'm a hard laugh, but that, that had me rolling. Is that the most popular one that you guys have done? That one, what kind of sparked that idea too was, I, I believe before that we put Coach Moss uh, coaching down in the practice gym alone. And so that kind of turned into a series. I know we did that and that got picked up by SportsCenter and a few other, you know, a few of those other bigger media, Bleacher Report and uh, stuff of that nature. And then I put that one of coach kind of acting like a fan in Bud Walton. And then my stepmom, Danielle, coach's wife, actually put out one of him in a press in the press room, like a postgame presser, kind of as a shout out to the media people, kind of running through a postgame presser with no one in there. Have you guys gotten any uh, ideas from fans? You know, it's funny because we'll have people constantly. Con- I mean, we have such great fans here and they're positive and they're always throwing ideas out and stuff. So we'll always see some some stuff on tweets. And I mean, a lot of it's goofy stuff that, that we probably can't do, but every once in a while, a fan will spark an idea and we'll kind of run with it. But yeah, it's, it, a lot of it's really just uh, kind of off the cuff stuff. So if a fan sparks an idea, I mean, we're, uh, we're willing to run with it for sure. Bob Holt did a uh, story on uh, some of the motivational demonstrations by Coach Muss. And I saw that I guess your favorite or one of your favorites was The Undertaker uh, a time when he, he rose up like The Undertaker. Talk about those and what goes into those motivational demonstrations for the team. They try to motivate the team, obviously, but who, who comes up with those ideas? It's it's another kind of effort by committee in terms of who does it in our office. Hayes Myers, our player development guy, he kind of spearheads it in terms of what we're going to do for what game. But this is something Coach has done even back in his NBA days. It, it does a few things. It really gets one last message across to the guys before they go out there for the last warm-up. But it also keeps the guys a little bit loose. The locker room is so tense. There's so much pressure for staff and players for every single game that getting one last message in and and kind of being able to break that pressure a little bit and and get a smile on the guys faces and uh, they get a kick out of it you know some years are more bought in than than other years I think this year the the guys are really bought into the pregame speeches you know we've we've only had one but I think the the returners kind of told them a little bit kind of hinted them in that coach was gonna (laughs) do some funny stuff before the game and to kind of get one last point across. And so they were all excited for the first one. But yeah, I mean, this is, it's kind of just something that we, again, like the social media videos that we kind of just come up with. It was, it was actually funny. We, we were on a road trip last year and we were in a CVS getting some stuff. Coach likes to eat gummies, uh, like sour gummies at night before the game. It's like one of his rituals. And so we were in there going to get him some sour candies and he was in there and we were kind of just going through picking up different things. It was me and, and Ruda and coach. And we were kind of just going through picking up different things throughout the store. And Riley Hall was there. And we were just kind of coming up with funny pregame things, which we ended up using later on. But it's kind of just something that you just come up with off the fly. You know, you're grabbing different things in a store or you read something in an article or something like that. And and coach probably has thousands of these pregame ideas and motivational ideas. He he brings them in every day through articles or or we, you know, we come up with them off the fly. And a lot of it, honestly, is just spurred from just a single sentence in an article. If there's a motivational article and it just has one little 
one little phrase that coach likes. He'll highlight three or four words and give them to us. And we'll kind of sit in there as a staff and just come up with something that we think we can use. I'm a firm believer that you work hard, you have fun too. I think th- there has to be a mix. And I think you, I think Coach Muss is, and, and you guys are very good about, obviously the hours you guys put in and the hard work you put in is obviously there. But at the same time, you have you know how to have fun too. And I think that that's a benefit probably in recruiting. I, I would assume recruits like seeing these things and, and they, they kind of see a side that most other coaches don't show. Yeah, it's kind of a way also to get a little bit of personality out there. I mean, Coach Must has so much personality, but on the flip side, he's so intense in games just because winning is so important to him. Success is so important to him. Success of the program, and he knows how we're really judged on the scoreboard, really judged on a game-by-game basis. It's kind of interesting because it's as much success as you might have had in the year before or years prior. It really is a year-by-year thing, and so the intensity and and the will to win and all those sort of things kind of come out during games and on TV. And so being able to counterbalance that a little bit on social media with the fun side, because Coach is such a fun guy to be around, even though he is so intense. Once you step between the lines, outside of the lines, he is fun. He's funny. I mean, any of the players that he's ever coached, recruits that he's recruited, guys that we've gotten to be around and really build a relationship with can attest to that. All right, let's go back to your childhood. I can't imagine some of the things that you've experienced as a, as a kid growing up. Your, some of your favorite memories with your dad and his job. Oh, there's a lot. I mean, it's it's interesting because going to NBA games and uh, going to NBA practices and being on team planes and road trips and hotels and and that sort of thing was really just like anyone else going to work with their, you know, their mom or dad. It's really interesting because I knew no different. So when I was young, I was I was constantly around NBA players and you know, I would be in the practice, I'd be rebounding for guys before the game with twenty or thirty thousand fans in the seats. And I would just be throwing passes to Mike Bibby or Shane Battia, whoever it was. And to me, that was just normal. Now that I get to look back on it, you know, I know how special it was and I realize that Obviously, not a lot of kids get to experience that, but in the time when you're a little kid and you're kind of just bouncing around, it's kind of just the norm. Now, looking back, you know, I know how how fortunate I was to get to experience different things like that. Who's your favorite players that you developed a relationship with? Well, I mean, when your dad's the head coach, the ones that play the most are usually the nicest. So, (laughs) you know, that that, playing time sometimes does affect that. Uh, No, but I mean, he really, he, you know, he coached a lot of good guys. There's one story that specifically stands out to me. I was, I was at Mike Bibby's, you know, Mike Bibby, when, when Coach Muss was coaching the Sacramento Kings, Mike Bibby had a son that was about a year or two younger than me. And we were, were constantly like playing football outside the practice facility, shooting, kind of messing around in the weight room, just stuff like that. You know, we were young kids, just having fun on the weekends, hanging out with our dads. And I went over to Mike's son's birthday party over at his house. He had this mansion that was spectacular, obviously. And we're at the birthday party and he gave his son a PlayStation at the time. I mean, this was probably like, probably like 12 or 14 years ago, something like that. And this was when the PlayStation 3 had just come out and well, it hadn't even come out yet. And somehow Mike Diddy had had one and he gave it to his son. And I was like, that's awesome. Like I you know, I was my mind was blown at, at a young age. I was like, I don't know how he even got that. It's not released, whatever. And he's like, oh, we'll come back here. And so I went back to Mike Bibby's room and he opened up this closet and he had about 50 PlayStations in it. And I was just like, this is insane. And he's like, yeah, go ahead, grab one or two. 
And so I took two of them. And I mean, I was like that when, when you're a little kid and, you know, you get to experience something like that, I was like, that kind of at the time superseded all the other experiences of being around those guys because that was just so normal to me. And then now looking back, I'm like the whole situation is flipped. I'm like the PlayStation really means nothing, but being able to be around those guys is, was so awesome. Was there a particular NBA player that really took a liking to you? Um, I mean, I would say just being like, being around Mike Miller was probably the coolest to me. You know, I spent a lot of time just hanging out around their practice when coach was was coaching Mike and he was just him and Shane Batty were both just such good guys. Uh, there's a bunch of good guys. I mean, Gilbert Arenas was awesome to me. There was a bunch of guys that were really, really cool and just kind of, you know, they'd let me rebound for and let me work out with them in practices when obviously I was probably shouldn't even be on the court. I was probably totally getting in the way, but yeah, I would say probably Mike Miller and Shane Battier were the two guys that were the coolest to me and, and kind of hung out with me the most and sat me down and taught me life lessons, stuff like that. How are you similar and how are you different from Coach Muss? I would say I'm similar in terms of I love the game. I love the hours that we put in. I just love to watch basketball, whether it be our games, opposing team games, film, you know, NBA games, stuff like that. Love to try to connect with people who are in the NBA, you know, around the NCAA, stuff like that. I would say my intensity is similar to him and him and my grandpa, I kind of joke around that we've gotten slightly less and less intense as the generations have gone on. I think my grandpa was so intense to the point where it was intimidating and, and it might have been a little bit over the top. And then my dad's kind of become a little bit more realistic and he's still extremely intense. And then I kind of have a, a slightly more level head, I think right now. Now, I don't know if I'll transition, you know, as I go through my career, if I'll get more intense, but I like to think I have a, a slightly more level head. And I can kind of keep my cool, so to say, in, in pressure situations. Since you've been to, to Fayetteville, what's maybe some of the things uh, that you, you've experienced that you look at as a super super good experiences, just a win or winning a, a recruiting battle or what have you. Is there a few things that kind of stands out to you since you've been in Fayetteville? I mean, probably some of my most vivid experiences and memories have been winning recruiting battles just because I take so much pride in getting players. And I, I do take a lot of, you know, even if a lot of responsibility might not be falling on my shoulders, I feel like it is just based on title and based on my involvement with each of the recruiting processes. And so when we're going, you know, head to head with certain programs and we're recruiting against the best of the best here, we're in a league with a lot of great historical teams. And, and then you're also going against some other great programs that are within the region that may be outside of the league. So being able, you know, at such a young age to experience recruiting battles at such a high level, that's been really, you know, really impactful for me and kind of just getting to learn what I think will help me throughout the rest of my career. But I would say personally, the wins and the losses in the recruiting battles is is what I kind of have taken from the most, I would say. You work uh, from sunup to sundown, and I know that uh, that's your focus most of the time. But when you do have some downtime, what does Michael Musselman like to do? Oh, well, we've talked about this personally. I mean, my one my one wind down thing is I like to watch uh, Impractical Jokers a little bit, the TV show that I, I try to get an episode or two in at night. It's about a half hour show. So if I can get an episode or two and kind of clear my brain and, and reset me for the next day. I mean, like you said, we're in here before the sun rises and uh, after it sets. And so just being able to, to kind of reset and I'll watch probably a game or two of basketball a night, whether it be upcoming opponents or NBA games at night, being able to clear my mind before I go to sleep or read a little bit uh, is kind of 
kind of the thing I like to do and then get a little workout in the morning, but that's kind of part of the job also. Got to be in shape. Who's your favorite practical joker? Uh, J- Joe's hands down for me. I got to agree with you. I mean, Joe's just Joe's just a classic dude. He's willing to pretty much do whatever, whatever it takes to get the win, which I can always respect. <laughs> All right, Michael. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time. Good stuff, and uh, good luck uh, the rest of the season, and I look forward to talking to you again. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, buddy. That's uh, the Recruiting Guy podcast for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.